Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. We got a little bit of business to take care of, a little bit different intro to the show here, and that is because I have to thank you guys. Um, I had a meeting with Dan Johnson earlier this week, and uh, Dan Johnson, I'm, I'm going to call him the emperor of the Sportsman's Nation. You know, he's the guy in charge, and the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast is under the umbrella of the Sportsman's Nation. Uh, I had a little talk with Dan earlier this week, and uh, you know we kind of towards the end of the year we're going over some some numbers, some downloads, analytics, that type of thing, and I kind of had a number in the back of my head that I thought we were doing download wise per month um, off of some numbers that we had, you know, from earlier in the year, and I knew the show had grown a little bit, but I didn't really know how much. And Dan and I were talking, and come to find out, we were not only doing more than that per month, we were doing more than that per week, which means we are over quadrupling per month what I thought we were doing. And that is absolutely because of you guys. You know, I just get on here and tell some stories, talk to some people, mostly just a lot of rambling, and you guys are making this show just explode. And so thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I absolutely love each and every one of you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing it with your friends. Continue to do so um, because it can only get better. Uh, You know, I'm learning. Uh, I have some equipment, you know, that I'm eyeing online and stuff that can make the quality a little better and stuff. I need to get over this cold. That would also help. Uh, This interview that I'm about to put out was a little rough because I was very sick. But all that to say, I just want to thank you guys because it is awesome what we are doing here and I want it to keep going. So thank you guys so much. I love you guys. Um, with that being said, I do want to bring up one other order of business that I've been thinking about, praying about, talking to my wife about, and uh, I am thinking about maybe possibly doing some land consulting uh, this upcoming spring and summer. Uh, I am not a biologist, you know, I don't have a biology degree or anything like that. I do have, I believe, a lot of knowledge, I have a lot of passion, I have a lot of experience under my belt, and uh, and the best part about that is I do not plan on charging biologist prices because I'm not a biologist. So if you are not quite, you know, happy with your hunting land, if you think it could be better, um, if you want some, you know, a second opinion, some advice on stand locations, food plots, you know, I do have a, a strong ag background. I've been ranching for the last several years, um, farming. Uh, you know, I know my way around a tractor, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so going out on a big, big limb here, uh, I'm not quitting my job. You know, this is probably going to be like a, a Saturday and Sunday type thing, probably just a few of them to kind of get my feet wet. And so if you are willing to take a chance on me, 
you can either hit me up on my social media pages or email me at okoutdoorspodcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with me. Again, just kind of throwing it out there, trying to see what it's about. Um, and you know, maybe it's something that we can expand on in the, in the future. So if you're curious about it, uh, you know, send me some questions, contact me and I would be more than happy to talk to you about it. So that is the serious business we have (laughs) to cover. Um, we got a few more fun things that we're going to cover and, uh, and then we're going to jump into the show. Uh, next order of business, I actually had to make a list today because I had several things I wanted to cover before we get into the show. So looking at my phone here. Uh, I've had several messages about my two bucks and their scores and which one was bigger. Um, I shot the buck November 14th in Texas, and then I shot my buck November 27th, I believe, in Oklahoma. Uh, very similar, both 10 points, both you know nice and tall. Um, and so uh, I do have the scores for those. I, I didn't realize that I never said the score during the shows, um, but a bunch of you guys have been curious. And so... Drum roll, please. The Texas Buck ended up scoring 148 and 6 eighths. Um, I mentioned that, you know, part of the confusion with whether I was supposed to shoot that buck or not was that he had broken off a small tine uh, in between his G2 and G3 on one side. If he still would have had that tine, he would have broke the 150 mark, but, you know, it doesn't change how I feel about him. Score is just score. And so 148 and 6 eighths on that one. <coughs> Excuse me, still getting over that cold that I had last week. And then on the Oklahoma buck, another drum roll, please. He ended up going 150 and 4 eighths. And so he beat the Texas buck just by a little bit. Um, the Texas buck was heavier. Uh, his bases were, I believe, 4 and 7 eighths. I mean, nice big bases. And he carried that mass all the way out. Um, but the Oklahoma buck had a little more length. Uh, his. G2s and G3s were both really nice. I think one of them, I don't remember which side it was, but one of them uh, was like 11 and 7 eighths. I wanted to make it 12 so bad, but it wasn't quite. But anyway, all of his twos and threes were really nice, um, and he had better brows, so that's what tipped him over the buck a little, or over the Texas buck a little bit. So essentially two 150s, two weeks apart. Absolutely no complaints about that. So. So that's for you guys that were asking about that. Um, I also want to give a quick little update on kind of the rest of my season. You know, I talked last week about some late season strategies, but I wanted to talk about some of the specific bucks that I'll be after during this late season. The first one is a big 10 point that uh, I talked about a little bit last week. He's the one I was confusing with the 10 point that I ended up killing. Um, He's a super nice deer. I would shoot him in a heartbeat. Uh, He actually, he broke off his G3 on one side, so he lost about 8 inches there probably. Um, But really nice deer, and uh, I think I've mentioned in the past, I've given myself about a 2% chance of killing him. Uh, He's just, I know they say that no deer is completely nocturnal, but I have two years of pictures on this buck, uh, five different camera locations, and in all that time, I, I really only have one true daylight photo of him. Uh, two times last year, he came in within like 10 minutes of shooting light. Um, but I really only have one picture where it's like full-on daylight. And so he's an awesome deer. Like I said, I'd love to kill him. I've been watching him for years. I passed him as a three-year-old, I don't know, back in like 2019 or 18, something like that. Um, tons of history with him, but he just only comes out at night. And so, uh, like I said, I've given myself a 2% chance to kill him. 
be awesome, but it's probably not going to happen. Uh, I've also talked about a big nine point. Uh, this is the buck that came in uh, the first Saturday of rifle season when I was uh, bow hunting, and it was just too dark for me to shoot him. Uh, so I saw him on Saturday. I got pictures of him on Monday and Wednesday of that week and have not seen or got a picture of him since. And so I'm starting to think that he fell to the neighbor's rifle. And so still, you know, obviously keeping an eye out for him. I was feeling really confident that I would get another shot at him, especially late season. But obviously it's a little hard for me to kill him if the neighbor's already done so. So there's that. Um, I did have a new buck show up uh, just, uh, I guess, a couple days ago. And uh, would absolutely shoot him. I've never seen him before. He's a, a he's a ten point, but he's a six by four. Um, but really cool looking buck. Uh, definitely mature. I don't know if he'll stick around or if it was just you know a one or two night thing. Um, but I'd absolutely shoot him. And then there's a buck that has been confusing the heck out of me. I have tons and tons of pictures of him. I cannot decide how old he is. Uh, but I think I've decided if he comes out, I'm going to shoot him either way because even if he is a little bit on the young side, he's just not that impressive antler-wise. And so I don't really see the need to letting him get any older uh, just because I don't think he's going to turn into anything special. And so even though I'm not 100% confident uh, on his age and how mature he is, he's mature enough that I think it's time for him to go. So he's probably the easiest buck to kill. Um, he has daylighted quite a few times. Um, and I think as the year goes on, I think he's definitely going to be the easiest one to kill. Probably the one I'd be the least happy with out of all that list. Um, but he's still a, a pretty decent buck and I still like to kill deer. And so I'd actually, actually, absolutely kill him. Uh, there's one other buck. So the property that I've been referring to that we're selling, uh, the contract is signed. It's going to happen. We're closing at the end of the year. Um, uh, but a buck did show up over there that I'm fairly interested in. Um, but he hasn't been back in a while. And so I, I'm thinking he probably just kind of came through during the rut. Um, I'm hopeful that he, you know, late season, he might show up. Like I said, that place I've had so much success over there late season. It just sets up really well. And so I'm kind of hoping he'll show back up, but I really don't know. So still got about, uh, you know, if, if you say the nine points dead, I still got about four bucks that I'm after these last couple weeks. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Like I said, I've talked about it before. I absolutely love late season. It's my favorite time to hunt. I love the cold. So, yeah, very, very excited about that. Um, switching gears a little bit. Uh, last week, uh, I finally saw some ducks. Um, I really haven't seen any this year. I haven't seen any geese at all um, and very, very few ducks. Um, you know, it's just been kind of a weird weather year. I don't know if they're down, uh, made it down yet. Um, you know, some people that I follow that are, Really big duck hunters have been talking about low numbers this year. Uh, so I'm just, I'm kind of thinking there's just not that many ducks around. Um, but I finally saw some last week. And so I uh, went and used some of my Cabela's points and got some new decoys. Um, the large majority of my decoys I bought when I was in high school. So, you know, they're talking like probably a decade and a half old at this point. And so it's time for some new ones. I had some Cabela's points. So I uh, got picked up some new decoys the other day. Uh, I'm probably going to stop by and pick up a couple uh, wood duck decoys. Um, I'm really just, the the new property we bought this year. It's right off a river, uh, and there's a, a little little I don't know, I, I, I hate to call it a pond. It's more like a backed up creek. Um, but that's where I saw some ducks last week. There's actually about a dozen mallards. I was surprised to see that. Um, I've seen wood ducks there. I've seen some teal there. 
so yeah, very excited about that. Um, it's getting to the time of year where you know morning deer hunts probably aren't going to be very good, and so this time a lot of times I'll you know wake up do a duck hunt in the morning, go take a nap, and then do an evening deer hunt. So that's probably going to be my you know plan coming up for the future. Very excited about it. I'm ready to kill some ducks. Haven't killed any this year. Haven't got on a single duck hunt. Um, it's about that time. Still going to be chasing some whitetails. Um, what else do we got here? <laughs> super uh, super off topic, but first off, congratulations to both Oklahoma State University and OU on uh, making bowl games. I, I bring this up because I saw uh, Oklahoma State is playing Notre Dame, which is going to be an awesome game, and uh, I saw the hashtag Catholics versus Cowboys, and I absolutely loved it. So super random, but throwing that out there. Uh, OU is playing Oregon. That's also going to be an awesome game. Uh, so yeah, little college football talk there real quick. And then last order of business is for all you guys who are still out there deer hunting, don't forget to shoot your bow. Um, you know, this is time it, you know, all your summer practices worn off. Um, if you've been rifle hunting, uh, you probably haven't been shooting your bow. You've been carrying your rifle, maybe shooting your muzzle loader, all that stuff. Don't forget to practice. You don't want to work all season to finally get a buck in the bow range and then mess up the shot. So it's I know it's middle of the season or end of season, whatever, but practice is important. Don't trust your instincts. Uh, get out there, shoot your bow, practice, and know that you are going to make that shot when the time comes. All right, with that being said, let's jump into today's podcast. Today I am talking to Logan Rust. And Logan just graduated from OU, and he started a company called Rome Outdoors. And it's a great idea. It's really cool. And basically, it is a website, web platform that allows people to go on and find day leases um, for duck hunting, deer hunting, dove hunting, whatever you're looking for. They have a spot for you. Um, so don't want to ruin it too much. I'm going to let Logan you know, tell you guys about it in his own words, but... Like I said, really, really cool idea, and be sure to listen all the way through because at the end he tells you about a little special they have going at the uh, until the end of the year. So yeah, this is a great one. I think you guys are really going to like it. I think this is really fitting a need that I hear about a lot. I hear a lot of people, especially this time of year, season's kind of starting to wind down. Um, you know, they just want to doe for the freezer. They're looking for some place to hunt. Uh, maybe they burnt out their spots or they hadn't had any luck and they just want a spot they can go, um, you know, on a quick deer hunt, cheap. They don't have the money to pay, you know, several thousand dollars for a lease. This is a great option for those type of people or just, you know, somebody looking to try something different. Um, I see this as a huge benefit to waterfowlers, um, you know, getting access to more places, more properties. Um, so yeah, like I said, just a really cool idea. And so I'm going to... St- quit yammering here and let Logan tell you about Rome Outdoors. So like I said, here is my podcast with Logan Rust of Rome Outdoors. Hey everybody, welcome to the show today and today I'm talking to Logan Rust. How you doing, Logan? I'm good. How are you, John? I'm doing just fine. And uh, Logan, you are the founder and CEO of Rome Outdoors, correct? Yes, sir. That's right. Awesome. Well, we're going to jump into that in just a second, but before we uh, get to that, real quick, before we get started, why don't you just give everybody a little rundown who you are and uh, where you're from and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Like I said, my name is Logan Rust. I'm originally from 
and in Oklahoma. I uh, recently graduated in May from the University of Oklahoma, studying entrepreneurship and venture management. And uh, I am, like like you said, the founder of Rome Outdoors, and currently full time on that, putting it putting all my effort in. I can. Awesome. Awesome. Now, before we get into that, is this something that you started as like a school project and have kind of continued on, or did you have this idea separate of school? Uh, it was kind of both. Um, okay. So as you can imagine, in an entrepreneurship degree, you're mm-hmm. thinking a whole lot about starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of in that mindset. Um, but it really came down to um, being in, partially in that mindset while also being um, an addicted duck hunter, which means you're always asking for permission and scouting and doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And they kind of came together to be something like that. I worked on it a little bit while at OU, but most of the time it was in my free time, um, as a student when I wasn't working and when I wasn't working with school. So it's been, it's been kind of a in and out of OU, but OU has been also a huge help, especially Mm -hmm. the uh, innovation hub down here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've gotten some resources. I've been through programs. I've uh, gotten a little bit of money from them. Um, they've been an incredible help uh, as a non-academic function of OU. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I asked that because I'm a business student myself. Um, I, those who have listened to the podcast have probably heard I went to the wild off yonder of University of Idaho, uh, but studied business up there and mm. uh, you know did several projects like this where you had to come up with a business. And uh, I actually won a business playing competition while I was up there. And uh, But instead of starting the business, I just took the money and ran. And so that's that's part of the reason I was wondering. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you know this started that way or something, but, but cool, man. Well, uh, Yeah, actually – yeah, I won a, won a similar competition, just not oh, with Rome. No, with a different gotcha, idea. With gotcha. a different team. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it, those, those things are fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I kind of, you know, cracked the egg already, but uh, why don't you, you know, take a step back and kind of give us the whole big uh, shabam of what Rome Outdoors is and, you know, what gave you the idea and uh, and what it is today. Yeah, absolutely. So what it is is a digital platform that allows landowners the most secure and efficient way to profit off their hunting rights for their property. And open, and it does that by opening per day hunts to a closed and trained group of hunters. What that looks like is the landowner would lease their property to roam outdoors. And then we have a group of hunters who have gone through a private land specific training we have developed based on a lot of conversations and experiences from hunters and landowners alike that basically teaches them uh, or teaches hunters how to behave most respectfully and uh, effectively on private land so as to not bother um, its natural ecosystem, whether it be a working property, a um, vacant property, or really anything in between. We want to be able to respect it as well as we can, kind of bridging that gap um, from a lot of hunters' um, natural-born ignorance, uh, not knowing it if they never grew up on private land or never dealt with cattle or gates or anything you can't really expect anybody to know something they never dealt with and so we're trying to be what maybe your hunting mentor or your grandfather or your big brother would have done for you for anybody who hasn't dealt with that and even if you have we're hopefully going to teach you something else so as to build that strong relationship with landowners uh, so that they can trust us when we send somebody in even if they don't know them the idea really came out of uh, like i was saying before me being a duck hunter and i don't know uh if I'm the only one. I don't think I am, but me and my group of uh, buddies spend a lot of time scouting, a lot of time knocking doors, um, driving around, getting permissions. And I love that. And I'm an absolutely huge supporter of that. I mean, we still do it, but I kind of was thinking there's gotta be a way to do this 
for the landowners who don't say yes. Mm-hmm. They have to be saying yes for one reason or another. And you're not going to get them all. But after a lot of work and a lot of thinking, the conclusion for me came out to, if you want to provide something for hunters, you got to provide something even better to landowners because they're the ones, one, taking the risk, and two, doing the thing that we all need, is, mm-hmm. which is providing the opportunity to hunt. And so that came down to offering a formalized system instead of that, you know, as we all know, shaking hands and saying yes over a cup of coffee, which is still important. But this is going to provide them a little bit more legal uh, help and uh, security, as well as just offering the highest quality hunters we know of in Oklahoma and hopefully in a few years into other states. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Very cool. So, so basically you guys are, you know, approaching these landowners, doing all the legwork and opening up the land for others to come to hunt it. Exactly. Awesome. Very cool. Sweet. Uh, and you know, you've mentioned duck hunting and stuff. Is this just for duck hunters or is this for other things as well? It's actually for everything. Um, we are, um, open to all of it. Uh, I think that it's, based on the research we've done and a lot of conversations we've had. Um, and even just recently we opened up the hunter wait list and all of it's indicating that every possible type of hunting that's available, people want more opportunity for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be most effective for uh, maybe doe control hunts, uh, nuisance hunts. So that would be hog and geese duck hunting. Um, but I think, you know, big bucks for, or, um, other things that would be considered more traditionally leased or owned property type hunting. Uh, if we got a property that isn't being used at all, there's no reason it couldn't be uh, incorporated in that way and used and enjoyed by everyone and making everybody uh, either have a good time or make a little money. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, sorry, I was just making a little note for a future question I got coming up, but uh, so uh so this site, you know, it helps both people or both sides of it. It helps the landowners. It helps the hunter. So real quick, why don't you kind of take us through each side of it? So we'll start with the landowner. Let's say that I'm a landowner. I have, you know, 160 acres or whatever, and I want to allow people to come hunt, be it, you know, deer, ducks, whatever. As a landowner, what do I need to do in order to, you know, be on your site? Absolutely. So really... Uh, if, if they are reaching out to me, the best thing you can do is find me online. So we are on all social medias um, at Rome Outdoors US or our uh, website, which is www.romeoutdoorsus.com. Um, and then there's a bunch of ways you can contact me through there. DM, a contact form, a whole bunch of stuff. So once you get in contact with us, then uh, we can schedule it in any way they want, whether it's over the phone, over email. I come out and visit them. Uh, or someone from uh, who someone else involved in Rome comes out and helps out um, and meets with them, see if it's a good fit, kind of explain it more. And then if they're into it, what we do is we uh, negotiate a lease for, with them for a set amount of time and for uh, a set amount of specifications. We do something called hunter notes, which are basically where the landowner says how they want their land operated on. So don't go through this gate or don't climb this fence or climb this fence at this spot or park here or gut your deer here. Um, any, any number of ways that they would want that to work out. Uh, we make sure that the hunter knows how that works and uh, make sure we incorporate that into how we allow the hunters to hunt. They get that set up. We come out, we take some pictures, we get some notes. 
Um, we build them a profile on our website, and w- as soon as they have their uh, everything signed up, they're on board, and we are good to begin hunting. Awesome. Awesome. Nice and simple. Now, do you guys try to have like more of a set price, or is it up to that landowner? You know, If one landowner wants to charge x amount are you okay with that or you do say hey you know this is our price we try to keep it at this price i would say it's uh pretty confidently on the landowner Mm -hmm. um with us guiding them um as you as you can imagine if you have a landowner who says i want 300 bucks a gun for uh, my cattle pond for Mm -hmm. duck hunting we may say like okay if that's what you need i understand Mm -hmm. however we think you actually would make more money at 40 bucks mm-hmm. uh, a, a guy or, you know, 20 or whatever that situation goes with. I think it's definitely a combi- combination as well as um, us being able to fluctuate that um, in case we see things not going as well or we see it, you know, getting a lot of demand. We want to be able to make them even more money by doing the natural law of economics and, mm-hmm. and playing with that as, as it comes and goes. Awesome. Gotcha. All righty. Cool. All right, let's uh, flip to the other side. So I am a hunter. I don't have anywhere to go. Um, I want to get on your website and find a place to go hunt. What do I need to do? Right. So same thing. Uh, Hit us up on socials and on the website. Go to the Hunt tab on the website and find Hunter Waitlist. You click on that and you fill out that form. What that does is put you on a waitlist so that whenever we have a opportunity come up that fits you so let's say you're only interested in hog and upland we're not we may not invite you to the platform if all we're getting you know for on added properties that are only duck properties mm-hmm. that that's not as interesting to you um mm-hmm. but when we have that upland and hog opportunity we come up you get invited on you then will receive the email saying hey we're excited to invite you to the platform uh here's what you got to do you'll go you'll get a link to the training it's a free training you figure that out. You do you do the training. It takes anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. It's nothing crazy, really. Just hammering the basics so that you know how to behave and how to how to execute well and respectfully on the properties uh, we're giving you access to. And then you'll get an email from our team. We figure it out uh, with basically any other questions you need. Get you access to the platform, which is on the website, and then you're good. You can start hunt um, by checking everything else out we got and giving us a call booking it and then you are set and ready to go awesome okay. oh and last thing is um there's also a uh, an onboarding fee that we're actually waiving for uh the remainder of this season mm-hmm. for our new hunters because we have just recently started out and so we're waiving that uh annual onboarding fee and so right now it's a really good opportunity to get in early and uh all you gotta do is pay for your hunt you uh- don't have to pay for the onboarding Awesome, awesome. That's good. So uh, when this comes out, you know there'll be a little bit of uh, December left, or most of December left. So if you're listening to this, better hurry. Yes, sir. Um. So and you know this can be for duck, deer, whatever. Um. Do you do any? And maybe this is just not how it's set up. And if if so, that's okay. But are there any like year long leases on this site? You know, can I go on there and? Let's say I really like this piece of property, be it for ducks or deer or whatever. Can I lease that for the whole year, or is it more of kind of catered to like the day hunter type thing? We're catered toward the day hunting mm-hmm. uh, t- variety. Mm-hmm. What we have noticed is a couple of things that brought us to that conclusion. One, 
there's a lot of people who can't afford uh, the traditional access methods right now. Right. So whether that's obviously owning, that's a pretty exclusive group who can get into that. Even leases have gone really, really high. And even if you can't afford them, finding one's really tough uh, right now. And a lot of landowners are also just due to bad experiences over the years mm-hmm. have basically just said, you know what, it's not worth the risk and the, and the headache of it. Um, so they're even dropping in just overall numbers, not even just the ones that are already taken up. So we're trying to fit in somewhere that one, if you're in, you know, you got a place to hunt. And two, we want this to be an affordable thing that most hunters can do. Um, as we all know, hunting is not the cheapest of hobbies, but we want to make it as affordable as we can so that if you are either just getting into hunting or you are someone who's super into it and it's what you do every weekend, we want you to have a variety of opportunities across the state for a price that you can actually access. And if you can only do it a couple times a season, great. If you want to run it three times a week, great we want you to be able to control your own budget um, which for, i know for a lot of people provides something easier than that you know one time upfront heavy cost on that lease mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha yeah the uh, uh you know when you reached out to me and i got on your website the first two things that popped out to me were kind of what you mentioned earlier you know day duck leases and you know like management doe type hunt you know guy just going out there looking for some meat for the freezer mm-hmm. or something like that i see this working extremely well for that type of stuff um and you know who knows we might get lucky um on uh as far as like booking is concerned um you know let's say i got a buddy coming to visit me or something and we either want to go deer hunting or we want to go duck hunting and i know that he's going to come down on uh you know october 28th uh, can I get on your site and, you know, in August or whatever, as soon as I know he's coming down and book a hunt on that day, or do you try to manage it more, you know, a week out, something like that? I, I guess I'm asking like how far in advance can you book a hunt? Yeah. So right now what it looks, uh, what we're settling on is about a month out. Uh, that is super subject to change, especially as, uh, the platform grows and evolves. Um, eventually we hope to have, a web or mobile app that's fully formed and, you know, really adaptable. And so we can change that. It may even be, you know, some properties allow you to go that far out and some don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, you know, like, again, building something primarily for the landowners mm-hmm. uh, ease and, and helpful help. And so it's kind of whatever they need. Gotcha. Um, right now we've got, but got them open through the rest of the year mm-hmm. or through the rest of the season, really. Um, and I think it, it's, it's something I don't have a super keen answer on yet. Cause mm-hmm. we're still, learning and growing as, as we come into this yeah for sure for sure that's why i was wondering you know it'd, it'd be pretty hard to manage if you could book things that far out and so that's definitely something i feel like you're gonna right. have to work through as you go so um my other question right. and it's lots of trial and error oh yeah my other question is kind of on that same deal um is like is, are there caps on hunts you know can you know, are 30 people going to sign up 30 days in a row to go shoot a doe on some guy's property or, you know, hunt some guy's little cattle pond? Um, basically, do y'all have a way to kind of manage the, I guess, the pressure, you know, like the hunting pressure on a piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as of right now, uh, we haven't run into that issue just yet. Um, we don't have uh, that high a demand flow, but I, I do definitely see that, especially, you know, real close to urban centers. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, 20 minutes out from downtown Oklahoma City, and you're a great spot. There's going to be a lot of pressure. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually talked with uh, some biologists that run the Oklahoma Land Access Program for the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife, mm-hmm. OLAP, and that's something that they've heavily experienced is really high pressure causing 
still good hunts, but uh, not as high a quality of experience. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're working to combat that. And um, my vision for it is depending on the hunt. So let's say it's a it's a property that has a variety of game ability. Mm-hmm. We may put if it's a duck hunt on Monday, we may not we may not allow duck hunting Tuesday, and it may reopen Wednesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. But Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you can go get your doe, or mm-hmm. you can go hog hunt. Or you can do a variety of other things, um, kind of filling that gap in there. Um, that's that's the vision for it right now. Though, again, it'll probably be a property by property basis because you know each one's so unique. It's mm-hmm. some of them have like four ponds on yeah. sixty acres. Right. Some of them have nothing on a thousand. Mm-hmm. It's just such a unique game. So that'll be one uh, unique thing and challenging thing for us, but also exciting that you kind of get to offer as much as you can without having to exploit and um, harm the wildlife populations and the experiences of the hunters. Mm-hmm. Awesome. righty. And then uh, I'm assuming you guys have a way to, you know, let's say that I am just, uh, you know, a no good low life and I go out to somebody's property and I completely trash it. I leave a gate open and run through a fence and all that. Um, the landowner calls you up and complains uh, I assume you guys have a way to, you know, kick that person off the site and no longer give them access. You nailed it. <laughs> so what we offer uh, is something, and something. What we mandate, and everybody learns this in the training, is uh, we are a community of hunters. That is what we are building. We are not building just a bunch of dudes who have no accountability to each other. This is something where we understand the privilege that we're doing, even if we're paying for it, it is still absolutely a privilege to uh, access these landowners' lands, to hunt their lands and to enjoy them in the full amount that you can during your day. What that also means is we hold each other accountable, knowing that if Todd goes in on Monday, trashes the place, drives through the fence, does all the things, whether the landowner sees it or not, within two or three days, we expect to have somebody else on that property, one, to see it and report it to us, and two, to the greatest extent that they can, obviously, if it's major stuff, not doing this, but if it's cans mm-hmm. or if it's cigarette butts or shotgun shells, to clean up after them. So that it's not the landowner's uh, task to do that. Mm-hmm. Keeping each other's hunts uh, exceptional and getting rid of those bad eggs so that we can get Todd either on suspension for, you know, maybe if it's something small, or a small violation of the rules, or if it's a major thing, getting getting them right out of there because – and, you know, if it's an illegal thing, I have no mm-hmm. problem calling wardens. Right. Um, I, I'm a big advocate for a good hunting community at large in the state and in the nation. And uh, if you are uh, violating that and causing harm to our general community, especially when we're already in such a hot light almost all the time, uh, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. And the state doesn't need you, and certainly Rome doesn't. So uh, we've got the full list of wardens ready to call in any county in any situation, and we'll do so if we need to. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Just, you know, I feel like you're only hurting the next person, you know, if you do do something like that and, uh, you know, a landowner is only going to put up with so much of that before they pull their, you know, property out of the program. So it's really in everybody's benefit, including your own to, you know, take care of things, be respectful and, and all the things you just talked about. So. Exactly. And, you know, and what we're, a lot of people who we're targeting as landowners are the ones who have either, is tr- like some issue with leasing mm-hmm. or have had that experiences. And what our goal is, is to rebridge between these two communities and this, these, our community and the, the individual landowner. And when that gets burned, a lot of them don't have patience for it. Mm-hmm. And so when you are truly harming us and the other hunters and 
if, if they trusted us to open their land once again and it goes bad, they may never allow someone to hunt ever again, not even their family. You could even ruin it for that person's family. Yeah. I hear a lot of stories like that when I'm talking to landowners. So it is very important to not only meet the bare minimum of respect, but to go above and beyond as well as you can. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very cool. Oh, excuse me. Um, and this question, I, I almost hate to ask it, but I just, I know it's going to be in people's minds. I know they're going to be asking and messaging, uh, some rough prices, you know, uh, and obviously it's going to vary a little bit and I'm sure quality has something to do with it, but you know, on average, let's say somebody, you know, two buddies are looking to go, you know, duck hunting one morning, uh, about what can they expect to pay? So duck hunting, I would say 25 to 40 bucks a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the opportunity, the proximity to major metropolitan areas. Um, if it's one of those you're limiting in six-minute situations, that'll obviously be higher. But I think that's a fair range. Um, overall, probably uh, 20 to under $100 for almost all opportunities. Now, that, like that being said, and you mentioned this, um, crazy opportunities. If you got a spot down in Lawton for an elk mm-hmm. or you – we know that there's some monster buck that the landowner knows about mm-hmm. and is one going to put you right on it. And is two willing to let you take it. That's going to be a, a higher thing, potentially even bidding that that's something we've played with uh, as an idea. We don't have any of those opportunities as of yet, mm-hmm. but you know, we expect that they come and it may be something where it's like, Hey, we got a, a wild opportunity. Here we go, guys. This yeah. is a, this is an exclusive and incredible opportunity. And we want to offer this to everybody um, for a fair situation. So, Lots of varieties there, but I would say under a hundred bucks um, for what we would expect for gotcha. everything. Like I said, I want this to be something actually affordable, whether you use it a couple of times or all the time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. And like I said, I, I almost hated to ask the question, but I was obviously wondering, so I'm sure other people are going to wonder too. So <laughs> <laughs> It's the most common question. You're good. Uh-huh. Uh, well, cool, man. So, uh, real quick before we shut this down, I want to give you an, an opportunity to one, if you just, you know, if you have anything that I haven't asked and want to add, uh, go for it. And then I definitely want to make sure you, you know, give a, a shout out to your website and social media and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I just want, I would like to say, uh, one, I really appreciate you having me on. It's, it's been a blast talking to you. And, um, if anybody ever has any questions, uh, hit up those socials and, uh, website at, www.roamoutdoorsus.com and Rome Outdoors US on socials, on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Um, but I also would just like to say, uh, I, I think this is something that I've put a lot of thought into and I've had a lot of people talk, talk, talking about um, with me on this. And it's a long play. I know it's, it's kind of weird to have a hunter wait list and you may join it now and uh, maybe a while before you get in or we have an opportunity that fits you but i hope everybody knows that what we're really focused on before everything else is providing a really strong community and a really strong representation of our hunters and our landowners we want to build something back that we've seen lost and that is our primary goal um, especially to places and and people that have been disenfranchised or, or burnt in the past we are really focusing on that so uh if you, if you like what we're doing or you, you like that mission, follow along with us, reach out. Uh, we're always asking uh, for different ideas, different inputs. If you know a landowner or you are a landowner, find me. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about it. And if you're a hunter, get on that wait list. We want to see you. Um, like I said, thank you so much. And 
that, that's all I had. Awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think it's a great idea. I, I really like the idea. Um, I think you've done well with it. Very professional. And so, man, I wish you all the best. I appreciate you, John. It, it was great having. It was great to uh, be on here, and I'm excited to have everybody listen to it. Oh, me too, me too, man. Thanks again for coming on, Logan, with Rome Outdoors. Guys, get on there and check them out. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. And there we have it. Thank you, Logan, for coming on. Like I said at the beginning, awesome idea, awesome company, great way to merge landowners and hunters together. Um, you know, if you're listening to this and you maybe you have an uncle or a cousin or uh, an aunt, a grandma or something that has some land that they don't hunt, uh, you know, reach out to them and tell them about this site because it is a fantastic way for some people to make some easy money um, off of some land that they don't, you know, maybe take advantage of the hunting rights. So great website. Uh, take advantage of that, you know, free offer, like you said, till the end of the year. I know I'm going to definitely going to be signing up for this. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks again for all the love, all the downloads. Uh, like it, share it, you know, hit up my social media pages, contact me. Please, please, please take the time to go on iTunes and give me a five-star review so that I can keep pumping these babies out. Um, So, yeah, thank you guys again. Thank you, Logan, for coming on. And until next week, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. 